What's going on, guys? It is week 14 here in the Fantasy Process Report, and it is the start of playoffs week. Arguably the greatest time of the fantasy football year for most people. Arguably. Arguably. As yes, always, what it all comes down to. As always, Matt and Nick in Philadelphia, Jason in Miami, and we are here to talk about the fantasy football playoffs as some of us are in the playoffs and some of us are not. Hey-o. You're in a little bit of a playoff of your own over there, aren't you, this week? Something like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think as we alluded to before in last week's episode, uh, Hungi was fast approaching the Hills Have Eyes Bowl, which is what Arlie calls the last place uh, game between the 10th seed and the 9th seed uh, at the final season rankings. Uh, Hungi, you got that 10th ten spot locked up pretty good. You yeah. went into the last week of the regular season, and I think you locked that one up good. Yeah. So you're in it, and you are playing <laughs> against uh, our other buddy, Chris. So. The Pitbull bobblehead may have your name on it. It might not, though. The uh, this year <laughs> There's have, a 50-50 chance. This year we've added a, an idol as representation to kind of, uh, you mm. know, give award to the person who comes in last place, and we have a Pitbull bobblehead. Yeah, I went to a Miami Marlins game, and uh, they actually do some great giveaways, but uh, they had two of them that I went to where they gave away icons of the, the what they call the 305, and I'm not entirely sure why, because neither of them have anything Marlins on them, but one is a bobblehead of DJ Khaled. the area code for Miami. Well, no, but I'm saying I, I don't know why they would do bobbleheads of random city celebrities. Like, <laughs> I, I just if don't get Eagles that. If the Eagles give away a Meek Mill bobblehead, everyone would go crazy. <laughs> they would, yeah, but they gave away a DJ Khaled one and a Pitbull one. And the Pitbull one was just so ridiculous, and he looks so stupid, and his head is so bald that I immediately took a picture and sent it to the guys, and I was like, all right, this is our new last place trophy because it's so stupid. And everyone was like, yes, that. Either way, um, it's looking hungry in the face right now. <laughs> I'm just saying all it took to get into the playoffs this year was a 5-8 and eight record. That was the last place team. A five and eight record. That's all it's squeaked. We have six teams out of ten that get in the playoffs. Three, four, and nine teams, and one three and ten team. That's. uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, we're a little top heavy. There's two really good teams. There's a huge disconnect between second place and the rest of the league. Yeah. 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 I think we've kind of established that at this point in the season. Uh, Not to toot my own horn here, but it's me and one other guy in the league really have the two best squads. other than that, top to bottom, nobody else really can really compete position Nick for position. Has, Nick has gotten himself a first-round bye, and Jason has the fifth seed. Despite wasting the number one overall pick, I will hold that till the day I die. Yep. Jason, um, in my other league where I took Le'Veon Bell, uh, I got a first-round bye. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> There's nothing for me to say here. (laughs) You made the playoffs in one league, right? In one of my five. Your one league where you're playing with a bunch of people who drafted like they've never played fantasy football before? Yep, and I'm the three seed. Oh, wow. Good job. Proud of you, buddy. No, I'm not proud. (laughs) All right, well, Well, I know that we're not the only ones who have 
playoffs in our future. Most people, the playoffs do start this week. And if you are one of those lucky playoff teams, maybe you rode to the playoffs on the shoulders of James Conner, if you are lucky enough to get him on the wave wire. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for you, you will not have him this week in the playoffs as he is out with a some sort of hip strain or something like that, or leg strain. Ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. Is it an ankle? Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Mike Tomlin didn't right want to call it a high ankle sprain, but they, it is an ankle sprain, yeah. They called it a contusion, and then they upgraded it to a sprain and said he was out. Either way, it did. Yeah, it's it. never good when the head coach comes out and says, yeah, the injury is a lot more serious than we thought. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was going to say, is that either way, the team came out and said that it is more serious than we had initially uh, thought it was, so... I don't know. I was just looking at him after he injured it, and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, he was rolling around on the ground. I did not expect him to play the next week, just giving him the eye test of watching him get injured. Definitely not. Um, So, James Conner listed as out this week. Not really much of an update on any sort of timetable for return. So, the issue for fantasy owners is... Hopefully you have another running back and you don't need to go to the waiver wire to pick up a running but back. But the issue is who do you get on waiver wire? And do you trust Jalen Samuels to just step up and take James Conner's place? Well, I'll tell you what. Nobody had the backup running backs in Pittsburgh on their roster before this week. So they were waiver wire options, you know. I, don't, I think Jalen Samuels kind of came in there last week and uh, he's listed as a running back and a tight end. So I don't know yeah, if you he's, he's good. in both positions, but if you had a tight end go down, you were some for some reason relying on Greg Olson. Um, yeah, he's an option to go pick up if you were able to get that high in the waiver wire order because I think he was one of the top pickups this week. Um, yeah, I think he's a clear option as the backup for uh, James Conner. I don't think Stephen Ridley is really going to compete for much over there. But, yeah, yeah. Jalen Samuels, I mean – He's an NC State guy that I know and love, and he lined up literally everywhere for the Wolfpack. He was a running back. He was a fullback. He was a tight end. He was a wide receiver. He returned kicks. He did everything. So he's good. Yeah, so um, I have seen, I will say, I have seen Stephen Ridley's name come up a good amount of times, um, saying that he's going to be getting a bulk of the actual carries and that Samuels might be more of a pass-catching down guy. Uh but I don't know. I, I'm probably, if I had to guess, I think Jalen Samuels will get twice as many fantasy points as Stephen Ridley. I would I would probably argue that. I, I don't know how much it's going to be Yeah, I'd agree all. with that as well. Mm-hmm. One of the other big injuries to come out of today, um, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders went down in practice today running against air, not even a defender. Um, went to the ground and grabbed his ankle. I, I like how that's worded. I did see that when they were describing it. it was, he was running, running against, against air. air. <laughs> um, and no defender in front of him went down, grabbed his ankle, carted off the field, uh, torn Achilles. Ouch. So, oh, man. Ouch. Manuel Sanders to IR. Uh, He's having a great season, too. It's he has had a great season, and they already have a replacement in, in Andre Holmes, who... Oddly enough, was cut by Buffalo 36 hours ago. Oh, they picked him up? Yikes. They picked him up. Oh, they I didn't got see Andre that. Holmes. Okay. Well, surprised they didn't go after Calvin Benjamin. You would think, but they got Andre Holmes. I guess Andre Holmes is the, the better of the two. 
Yeah. Uh, if you're maybe Denver, that's what you think. But uh, yes, Kelvin Benjamin and uh, Andre Holmes both cut by Buffalo because apparently Buffalo doesn't need wide receivers anymore. Well, uh, maybe they just don't need those wide receivers. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Cortland Sutton after Emmanuel Sanders. Cortland or Cortland Sutton is the only other wide receiver who's noteworthy. There's a guy named Tim Patrick who has 16 points this entire season. He's the next best running, uh, wide receiver option. Honestly, so, I think this hurts Cortland Sutton's value because now defenses can triple team him and it won't matter. It didn't hurt Emmanuel Sanders, though, when Demarius Thomas was traded. Well, that's because they had Cortland Sutton to step up right there. They had that logical next step, you know, well, now they to have the Andre Holmes. number two. But I don't know if that's entirely the same thing. You know what's going to happen now? They're just their their backup running backs are going to get more use. They're just going to try and focus the ball or focus on running the ball and just using the running backs more. So Philip Lindsay, I think, actually gets a little bit of a boost from this. Yeah, maybe he gets more work in the passing game too. I think nice. yeah, he might catch some passes. Yeah, he's now. been he's been balling the past couple of weeks. I like it. Is he going to get two touchdowns again? That's what I want to know. I hope so. I do too. I mean, my playoff chances depend on it. Huh. I have him in the first round bye, but still, I'd like to see my players, while I'm on bye, do well, just in terms of, uh, you know, knowing that they are still good. <laughs> True. Uh, one thing I did actually see was I saw somewhere that something that the team's uh, league does to keep it interesting between the teams that are on bye is they play against each other, and the last place team play pays the winner of those two in the first week, who are on by $25. And obviously, we're not a money league, so we wouldn't see this, but I thought that was very interesting. I say, you are not getting <laughs> Creative way, but the team who finishes the regular season in last place pays $25 to if the two teams on by played each other, which team would have won. I think that's interesting. Now, what if, what if the last place team that loses would have outscored both of the teams on by. Well, you're in last place. I know, but if even if you lose, let's say you lose, but you got 100 points, but both teams on by only put up like 96. A, for coming in last place, you don't deserve the right to win anything. I'm just saying. And, it's, it's an interesting and scenario. B, if you were in last place and two teams are on by, you're probably not competing with them. Sorry, honey. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Huggy thinks his team's going to win every week, so... Because we are going to win every week. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up in the injury report, um, we've got uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon. Who was out already this past week. Yeah, he's been out this past week, so in the playoff push, he didn't have the a, a top 10 running back, and he didn't and practice Austin today. And Austin was probably already owned, too. Yeah, Austin Eckler's off. He's, he's gone. People have got him... Yeah. Um, Melvin Gordon didn't practice again today, so... You know, I'm I'm opposite of what you just said. I think this week, Eckler's going to come back and make everybody surprised because everybody put so much into him this past week and everybody expected so much out of him because he had been doing so well in the regular season. Well, Justin Jackson really got the work. He did. I think that uh, Eckler just had an off week and he picked a shitty time to do it because he had the uh, the league job. But I think he just had an off week. I think he'll come back next week and get more points than Justin Jackson will. Uh, Justin if, Jackson last week, eight carries, 63 yards, a touchdown, and a catch for 19 yards. So, 
you know, we'll see. I just grabbed Justin Jackson now because no one had claimed him, so. Yeah. Props to me. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, for that last place game of yours. Very uh, astute. What? Whatever, man. You're all high and mighty because you claimed a free agent. I'm trying my best here. In a, game, in a league where you're in last place. Whatever. Um, next up is that. Hey, I much prefer this, though. I much prefer this than if Hungy had been allowed to trade Antonio Brown straight up for a second-round pick and then just completely tank the rest of the season. I'm much more okay with this than like just trying, you know, getting free agents, whatever, rather than like just selling off a player midseason for a pick and then just giving up the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm glad we. Uh... <laughs> we're, Sorry, we're, we're editing our editing, chat right now. Editing midway <laughs> through, our editor is is really working hard. Uh, Chrissy's in the back room because we, we hire <laughs> editors. Um, we actually don't. We type everything ourselves. Anyway, regardless. Um, so we have some other free agents. No, seriously. Before No, 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 no. We're not going to skip by that. Like, we're not just going to go in depth about that. If I had gotten that second round pick for Antonio Brown, I would be sitting so good for next season. I'd be so ready to go. I got a serviceable receiver in Devin Funchess out of the trade, and I got a second round pick. But the thing I, is, we're not a dynasty. Yeah, and then you'd have Pitbull to keep it, you company it's for the next nine months. Yes, it is. It's an because we redraft. Draft. We it, redraft, so you're ruining this year for next year's sake. It's a redraft process, so it's not like. The what? NFL, where you're investing in the future. League. Oh, it's a keeper league. We do invest in the future. It's one keeper. You get to keep one player. <laughs> okay, and I couldn't keep Antonio Brown. Oh, so I'd God. sell him high while I still could. <laughs> I had two wins at the time. I was like two and seven. This is why we have the veto in fantasy football. <laughs> so dumb. But I'm just saying I much prefer this, like, caring and picking up free agents and stuff. Because, Hungy, admit, if you had sold Antonio Brown, would you give a shit right now? If I had Antonio Brown? No, if you had if you had if you had sold him and you had your second round pick and the trade went through. Oh, I'd still try and not be last place. I'd be picking up people in the waiver wire and still trying not to be last place. I'd absolutely give a shit. I'd just be also happy that I'm in a better position for next year. See, fair enough. See, I'm not I'm not signing off on the team just because <laughs> I make a trade. Do you think Detroit signed off in their season because they traded Golden Tate for a third round pick? I think you're doing what the Oakland Raiders did with Khalil Mack. No. 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 Yes. I am not, yes. I am not doing that. I am not John Gruden. <laughs> you're John Grudening, Arlie. I am not John Gruden. I'll tell you what, man. I am I am not John Gruden. I'll tell you what. Swipe <laughs> blue white banana. That's a great play, man. I'll tell you what. It's going to work nine times out of ten, man. All right. Um, so we got some waiver wire team, uh, players to talk about. Um Again, if you do need waiver wire players, then you've had some unfortunate events going into the playoffs. Um, Chris Godwin. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a, I believe, a pretty good week this week. And Deshaun uh, is injured, right? Deshaun. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun, I believe, did not play last week. I'm bringing up Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, that's a huge factor in it, too. Because, I mean, you have so many options on that team. Like, you can't have five wide receivers all get, you know, or however many options they have with the tight ends, Cameron Braid or whoever. Like, you can't have five different guys all getting productive days. Guys, I I have a serious question. Who's their their quarterback this week? It's Jameis. (laughs) Is it Jameis? I couldn't tell you. I I, I, I have no idea from week to week. I'm pretty sure that it's Jameis. 
I think it's going to be James okay. from here on out. I think out. that, um, yeah, with O.J. Howard and Deshaun Jackson going out, that kind of opened the door for Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin to kind of step up. Um, they actually both way outscored Mike Evans. Oh, by a, by a long shot. Yeah, Chris Godwin had yeah, 21. Adam Humphreys had 19, and Mike Evans only had 8. Um, Cameron Braid only had six. That was kind of a surprise. I thought with Jameis being the quarterback that he might get targeted a little bit more, especially in the red zone there. Uh Um, but yeah, Adam Humphreys was the guy that kind of stepped up. Oh, is this your bonus points league? Is that what you're talking about? Or is that full point? No, that's the position ranking. Uh, How many points? 21. 21. Okay, so you did, if that's a full point PPR. Yes, this is a full point. Okay. Um... He got those 21 points and only five catches. Yeah. Um, he only got so five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. I, I like Humphreys more. If you're going to start one of those backup wide receivers in Tampa Bay, I like Humphreys a little bit more. I like Godwin. I like the explosivity. The explosivity. Explosivity. Es- explosiveness. That's the word of the Explosivity. Explosivity. I honestly don't like Can we make that the title of this episode? Explosivity. <laughs> Sure. We'll throw <laughs> we it in You can do the anything title. you want. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I, I really don't like either of them. I don't, I don't think... I think if either of them are going to have a good day, it means that they're going to score a ton of points because you have to think Mike Evans is going to get his looks as well. And, and for both of them, even just, or even just one of them, to have a good day, I think that means that like, the team as a whole has to getting, be getting more than like 21 points or something like that. I th- and I don't think that's realistic. Yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, I think New Orleans is a different team than they were week one. Like week one and two, everyone was saying, "Oh my God, what happened in New Orleans defense? Well, Marshawn Lattimore sucks now, and what they're letting up a ton of points." And and the past couple weeks, they've been really good. The New Orleans defense. So I don't think they're the same team that they were week one. Well, so the, I don't think it's going to be this shootout like it was. Despite them being good in the past few weeks, they are still ranked across the entire scope of the season, thirty-two against fantasy wide receivers. So. Yeah, they are. They are yeah, so dead last against wide receivers right now. Yeah, I just, I just don't have a lot of faith in either of them right now. I, I mean, it, it, it's a definite feast or famine. Like, if you're going to start either of them, I think for me it would come down to that dart throw of having one of them get like a forty-yard touchdown catch or something. Like, I think it's a touchdown or bust kind of thing for both of them. If Deshaun Jackson plays, I'm starting Deshaun. He's projected oh yeah! If, if Deshaun right Jackson plays, then both of them are for sure on my bench. But even if Deshaun is out, I still wouldn't feel super comfortable about starting either of them. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just depends. Um, I like Humphreys. I think you can start Humphreys if necessary. Um, again, hopefully you have a better flex play than Humphreys, but I think he's a, v- a viable flex option this week, again, especially against New Orleans. Um, Next up on the list. Josh Allen. Yeah, he's the next Michael Vick here, rushing for a shit ton of yards. Easy there. <laughs> Calm down. The next Michael. We got ourselves the next, the next Steve Vick. Young. Yes. Did Josh Allen rush for over a hundred yards on nine carries? Yes, that did happen. That was very impressive. Those are good numbers he's, for. A I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, did he throw for two hundred and thirty-one yards and two touchdowns in addition to that? Yes, he, he did, did throw two interceptions, but that is something that completely gets overlooked when you have as good of a game as he did. Yeah, especially when he's playing the Jets this week. 
um, who are not that good of a team. Now, granted, against quarterbacks, they are ranked 16th as far as their defense goes, so right down the middle. But, um, I mean, you can't... Miami right now is a playoff team, so he put up those kind of numbers against a playoff team. And Jacksonville, he just played against not terrible defense. They just showed that they could stop Andrew Luck. Uh, he put up 25 points against them. Uh, again, piling up fantasy points in the rushing game. So uh, he might be one of those sneaky guys going into the playoffs where if you've got like a, your quarterback is like not Pat Mahomes or one of the top tier other quarterbacks, you can go pick up Josh Allen and I think you could comfortably start him and his schedule in the playoffs isn't that bad either. He's got uh, the Jets at home this week. He's got Detroit Lions at home next week and then in week 16 he's at New England. Uh, New England's the only one who might give him a little bit of trouble because they're good team uh, late in the season, so they always give people trouble. But so all in all, uh, Josh Allen could be a sneaky quarterback start. So Nick, I'm going to cover it up here so you can't see it. Okay. I'm going to ask you to what percentage of the leagues in ESPN do you guys think Josh Allen is owned in? I'll let Jason answer because I think I saw this before in another graphic. How many? Per, what percent of leagues he's owned in right now? So right this now. Is after, this is, this right is after now. this performance. Um, after after like, this current waiver wire period already went through. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I would guess like 35. Nick? I'm going to guess 5. It is 8.7% of leagues, which is, which is up 6.1%. Oh Prior God. to that waiver wire period... He was owned in 2.6% of leagues. Right now, he's only owned in 87 And that's even coming off a 26-point game in Week 12. Yep. Wow. So is he wild. is very available. Yes. Except I mean, the, the trouble is, though, you look at... There's a bunch of other quarterbacks that are available. Like, I would think Derek Carr is another sneaky one. I mean, he's playing against Pittsburgh this week. They're not amazing against the pass. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh, if he starts Carr. at all. He's a way better option than Derek Carr. I don't know. I mean, Mariota is up there. He's been a better he's recently. he's a better option than Mariota. I mean, it, I think on a one-game sample, Josh Allen could easily just fall apart. Like, I think this is two games. It's not a huge sample. Yes, he's a young card. They also just got rid of their two top-right receivers, so you have to think about that, too. Um, and then LaShawn McCoy has been way underutilized this, this whole team's year. So. A, this team's going to be... His team, it's just though. a weird, yeah. It's just a weird team. team, though. Yeah, like I just, I, I don't know. I feel like there are different options that you could look for that are probably safer. Yeah, it's... I'd almost put him in the top ten, probably top fifteen. Josh Allen, I think he might be a top fifteen Quarter, quarterback this week, or I think just the rest of the way. Huh. Wow. I'd say so. That's a that's a hot take. Did you take a shot of fireball before that? Well, that <laughs> on. We'll see. But I mean, the the past couple weeks, he's definitely again that that ground game ability does so much. And when you can get a lot of yards, big gains. He only had nine rushes and he got all those yards. Yeah. He's finding. I mean, holes that's impossible to that's he's impossible to holes. sustain though. Like. 99 yards last week, 135 yards this week. I would dare anyone to find Michael Vick even averaging that much over a three-game sample size. 
Like, I don't think any quarterback no, can sustain 100 yards over a three-game so. sample size. I, I think if you look back to his Atlanta days, you can absolutely find that. That's a lot, though. And over three games in a row? I'll tell you I what, don't, I don't think so. He was the Madden 04 cover athlete. I'll tell you what. He was, was... Yeah, he was really damn good, but I don't think he ever averaged 100 yards rushing in three straight games. I just don't think you can sustain that level of yeah, rushing Yeah, I'll tell output. you what. I'm going to spend the rest of the show looking, and I'm going to find But then, <laughs> But there's the thing. But there's the thing. When you have to take Josh Allen and compare him to the greatest rushing quarterback in NFL history, I think the odds are very stacked against Josh Allen. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try and say he's going to have a Mike Vick type career. So but, now I'm going to say you're ranking on. the greatest but rushing season's... quarterbacks in but that's, NFL But that's history. what you're banking on. When you're saying Josh Allen can give you good fantasy performances, that's banking on 135 yards rushing or 99 yards and a touchdown. To give you a 25, 28 uh, th- point game. I think game. he has the ability to not throw two interceptions in a game and maybe throw for 300 yards, but I, I think that you're going to get at least 50 rushing yards out of him the rest of the way out every game. That's five free points you're going to get. I think at least five points. I don't know. In the six games he started to open the year, and granted that's not the best sample because he's a rookie quarterback starting his first six games in the NFL, but his first six games he didn't get over 40. So I think that's a bigger sample. I mean, yes, this this newfound rushing ability is very, very good. I just, I would caution with that. Mm. We'll see. Either way, um, we've been saving the biggest piece of fantasy-related news until the the end of the news segment, um, and it's actually it's act it, it it escalated faster than I think probably I've seen. Should we play the Rocky theme song again? <laughs> God. We'll see. Maybe you'll edit this in here. Um, it actually escalated faster than I think I've seen any fantasy or, or NFL news escalate, probably. It was the span of like 45 minutes. Ever. Um, TMZ last, I want to say, I want to say... It was Friday, it was wasn't Friday. it? Friday, yeah. I want to say it was Friday. Um, posted a video of... The hotel security camera footage of Kareem Hunt getting in an altercation with a couple of women. In the video, you can very clearly see him push, shove, and kick. It's um, a, it's, his kick was like a push kick. She okay, was like but crouched in I'm the not gonna. I'm not going to argue gonna the argue. X's and O's. No, he I won't her. either. He, he kicked her. He did kick her. He kicked her. Um, so, TMZ publishes this. And the Chiefs say that they are going to, they are they are aware of the video and they're going to take, you know, take that into account, and we'll see where they go from there. A few hours later, Roger Goodell puts Kareem Hunt on the NFL commissioner exempt list, which basically means he can't practice or play with the team while he's on the list at completely, and he's on the list indefinitely. Um, half an hour after that. Not even an hour. Half an hour after that, the Chiefs release Kareem Hunt. Big turn of events. Um, now, I, we're not here to talk about the domestic violence. I mean, there needs to be a culture change in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and and I think nothing is making it clearer than this. You know, there needs to be a culture change in the NFL. But that's not what this podcast is about. Um so we're purely going to focus on... This isn't the Colin Kaepernick episode. Right. We're purely going to focus on the fantasy ramifications of that. Um, in Hello, Spencer, where? 
Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty oh. much. And say, hello again, Charcandric West. Nah. Now, how quickly did Spencer Ware go? Okay, so after the two announcements, first let me say like this: eighty-five percent jump. Hold on, I, I, look, I'll recap how I took this news in and learned about all the details. Was it Dan that posted the video in the, the group chat for us? Yeah, somebody posted the video. Somebody posted the video. I, I saw I and I saw the notification saying that their video had been released, and I was like, huh. Didn't really think much of it. I was like, hmm. This sounds like something that happened a while ago. I'm sure nothing will happen. Then somebody in our group message for our league posted the video, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should go look at this video. And I didn't, again, really think too much of it. Then you commented, Hungy, and you said, whoa. That's when I was like, uh-oh, maybe I should go look at this video. Maybe this is really bad. So I go and I watch, right before I watch the video, I go and check all of our leagues. Well, not all of them. I check our league, just our league, and her, uh, Spencer Ware is still available. And I was like, all right, well, maybe nothing happened. You see your whoa comment. I go watch the video. By the time I'm done watching the video, he was claimed. Oh, man. Yes. Wow. I check all my other leagues, claimed within the past five minutes. While I was watching the video. I was so mad. Um, But regardless, Spencer Ware is the next guy in line in Kansas City for the running back position. And a very viable option as a as a I'd say so. RB2 at least. I'd say so, an RB2. I don't I think you mentioned Charkandrick West. I don't, I, I don't no. see Charkandrick West getting No, any no, it's just they they valuable. re-signed him again. So he's back in back in Kansas City's life, but I, I don't see him being a super huge contributor. No, I, I it's yeah. going to be Spencer. Ward. I think um We've kind of seen after last week, though, that rather than giving Spencer Ware pretty much Kareem Hunt usage and giving him the numbers that Kareem Hunt was getting, they spread the ball a little bit more in the passing game. They passed it a little bit more. Travis Kelsey had an unbelievable game. Yeah, he did. He had, what, two touchdowns? Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both had 32 fantasy points for me. And that's an Yeah, that dude was unconscious. Um, So, yes, I... (laughs) Needless to say, I was very pleased with the, the Kansas City Chiefs and how yeah, they rebounded without their star running back. I can imagine. Um, so I don't think they're going to be skipping a beat. Spencer Ware, I think if you're getting around 20 points from Kareem Hunt, you'll probably get around 15 from Spencer Ware, just on a regular average basis. I think it's almost similar to the Steelers situation coming into the year where everyone was saying... Well, Le'Veon Bell, let's say he's a 25-point-per-game guy, and James Conner, he might be like an 18-point-per-game guy, where yeah. the, the role itself will let literally anyone produce. Like any starting-caliber NFL running back could jump into that role in that offense, in that usage, and give you good fantasy days. I mean, they might not be to the level of a Kareem Hunt. Um, they might you know, not break that tackle, or they might not catch that pass, or you know, that, those kind of things. But... They'll get close. I do so, think that he has the ability, however, Spencer Ware, that is, to have a bad performance. I think that um, they could just stay away or get shut down in the run game. Um, so I'd, I'd be cautious with that. I think that he has a chance to get under 10 points as he has a floor, uh, a little bit lower than Kareem Hunt's floor was. So don't just 
throw him in your lineup expecting him to replace Kareem Hunt. Um, but yeah, I think that, again, still a viable option. So, if you're a Dynasty League and you have Kareem Hunt, hmm. I mean, is it worth even you got to hold on, on to him? him? At this so? point, at this point, yeah, hold on to him. Someone will pick him up. Well, he's on the exempt list. Is that like he... a six-game suspension or something? No, it's indefinite. Oh, it's it, it was specifically listed that he went on the exempt list indefinitely. Well, I saw that he was trying to kind of own up to everything and get everything out of the way so he could start serving his suspension like this season. So if a team were to pick him up they could have him start serving games in his suspension this year. Right. So that's why even, he's like kind but of... But they haven't even listed it as a suspension yet. He hasn't He hasn't even been yeah, handed that down yet. Well. He's just been blacklisted straight up. Who knows? We With the NFL and how they handle these situations... And that's why I said before. They, they're, they're not universal. a culture change, because it's, it's so arbitrary. Everything, every situation... And it's, no one does anything thing. until there's a video. Right. Oh, well, that's, that's the, the worst problem. part. That is the worst part, is that it's, this was reported... Someone knows about it, and someone hears about it, and yeah, the Chiefs might not have seen the video until everyone else, but they still know of it. And no one will do anything until there's a video. No one will do anything until they're caught. And it's not even that there is a video, it's that the video is public. You know, because yeah, yeah. with Ray Rice, I'm pretty sure they they had the video and they had seen the video and everything, and that's what they're going to try and argue with this case. And I believe that might come out later. Who knows? But with Ray Rice situation, they had the video. They had seen the video. They didn't react until it became public and there was the public outrage. So that's my problem with the league is that they're they're more reactive than anything else. And that's just oh, they're the super wrong way reactive. to do anything. And it's all arbitrary, too. Like, when Ray Rice was first suspended, they did it when no one had seen the video. And Roger Goodell suspended him the first two games. I remember vividly it was two-game suspension, and everyone was like, oh, my God, why is it so much? And then the video comes out, and everyone's like, oh, my God, ban him for life. <laughs> and it's just like this whole arbitrary process. And even with Tom Brady and Deflategate, it was just like, um, let's go with four games. And then... With Josh Gordon, it's like, oh, you smoke pot four times, let's ban you a whole season. Like, <laughs> it's just so arbitrary, and they're just making up the rules and the numbers as they go along. Greg Hardy. Yeah, oh my God. Greg that Hardy. Was, like, that was probably the worst out of anything. There are no precedents. There are no rules. There are no, like, number of games for each. It's just all random. You know how money-hungry the UFC is? They allow a guy like Greg Hardy in. Yeah. And they make it's money crazy. off of him. Zeke Elliott, there was the, that oh, trial no, never even happened. There was no video, nothing happened, and it was six games. Like, how does Ray Rice go from two to the whole season, and then Zeke gets six just randomly? Like, I, I don't get it. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't think the NFL is very good with uh, conducting investigations. Nor I mean, do they I don't think care. As long really as the dollars there. keep rolling in, they don't care. I don't know if it's their job to conduct investigations. If I, I take a step back and like look at at one of my work or somebody else at a different profession, like if they got in trouble, what extent would their employer go to you know do extensive research and stuff like that? So I don't know. It's it's tough because the NFL is hard to compare to other professions, but 
still. Still. Still the NFL. I, I don't know. I mean, that's just me giving them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. Either way, this is something that will need to change. But back to the point, the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs are playing the Baltimore Ravens. So in the past few weeks, we've been getting some phenomenal offense versus offensive matchups. We, this week, have an offense versus defense. Yes. One of the top offenses versus one of the top defenses. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do we go in the middle and think it's like a, a 20 to 15 game that the Chiefs win? How do we, how do we think this game plays out? I, I think know. the Chiefs win for sure. And I, th- I think, I still think they get over 25. I think they get over 30. Yeah. I still think they score a lot. They're just too good. Yeah. They have too many good players. And the Ravens, like, it's one thing to say, all right, they're the best defense. And we were talking about this a little offline beforehand. But it's one thing to say, like, oh, they're the best defense. They've shut everyone down. But it's like, can you really say that if they haven't faced the best? Like, if they had already faced the Saints early in the season or something like that, then, like, okay, yeah, maybe. But can you really say the Ravens aren't are the best defense if they haven't stopped, like, the Chiefs like you can't definitively say that until like the Chiefs come to town and and well, you see say, what they're made of I will say the only other defense that was really giving them competition was the Bears and yeah. they kind of shit the bed last week against the Giants so yeah I don't know and I now they've that, got the Rams coming up on deck if they keep the Chiefs under 30 points I feel like I would still be willing to say the Baltimore Ravens are the best defense in the league but I don't know Texans are up there too I think that the Bears kind of just had a little bit of a fluke, so I'd still actually probably put them above the Ravens. But it's those two and nobody else, really, in my opinion. True. Uh, you just can't compete with Khalil Mack. That dude can wreck a game single-handedly. Yeah. Yes, he can. And I would say the same thing about the Rams and Aaron Donald, but they're, they've had some secondary issues, so can't really give them the best defense award. So, let's move on from this and uh, get into the the meat of the stuff here before we wrap it up. We have a new segment this week. So, with the playoffs starting, figured we would talk about... Uh, Take a trip down memory lane. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, the end of the regular season here. Talk about any uh, preseason thoughts or notions and see if they worked the way that you thought they would. Look at some players that either jumped way up above expectations or dropped off and fell below expectations. I figured that was a solid plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously. This, Taking credit for it like I thought of it. Point, <laughs> you get guys talking about having the best team on paper. and uh, Oh! <laughs> See, here's where we need one of those soundboards where you, you hit the button. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> best team on best paper. Best team on paper. <laughs> Shout out, Dan. Um, but, the B-top. Yeah, so, again, best team on paper is players that preseason, you know, they you had the best players probably from their preseason rankings, but... Yeah, the name appeal. Oh, God, here we go. Huggies, go. No, 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 <laughs> keep going. Keep, keep, keep your train of thought here, Nick. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that was really it. We, we got players that we've kind of picked out from the group. We're looking at their preseason rankings, and now we're going to look at where they're ranked at today. And uh, 
how they kind of differ. Guys that have gone up and guys that have gone down. Um, so, Jason, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so I think it was just kind of looking at – I was thinking about how guys were drafted and, like, what we kind of thought about what their strengths and weaknesses were leading into the season and and how, you know, they the, maybe they had a great season last year, but ah, maybe they can't follow it up or maybe they were kind of underwhelming and maybe you expect them to make a jump. And I think the first one that is on a lot of people's list is Tyreek Hill because right now he's wide receiver one and I would say most formats – He's just absolutely balled out. And maybe some of that has to do with Andy Reid just unleashing Patrick Mahomes on the rest of the league um, and destroying everything in his path. But Tyreek Hill was drafted as like a third-round wide receiver, fourth-round wide receiver, I think, in most leagues. And right now, if there was a redraft at the end of the regular season, he would easily be a top-five pick. He is just so damn good. And not only does he give you the consistency, I think he had a dud this week, but he has a possibility for a 40-point game very casually and seemingly effortlessly. Um, but yeah, Tyreek Hill, I think, is the first example that that came to my mind of, of a guy that kind of outperformed his draft status. And this is all not including guys like Philip Lindsay or George Kittle or, you know, even Patrick Mahomes, guys that were drafted, you know, maybe not drafted or drafted near the end that just are super obvious outperforming <clears throat> candidates. Yeah. I think this is more looking at the guys that – Maybe we're drafted in the middle rounds, and right now would be drafted first or second round, or or vice versa. You know, just the guy, the guys that and and injuries were not also playing a part in it either. But yeah, I think Tyreek Hill is the first option that that came to my mind at least. Yeah, I'd say he's probably the biggest jump. I have the yeah. list of uh, PPR preseason rank for ESPN, and then the current ranks for PPR as well. So this is one full point per reception. Um, Tyreek Hill is the number three wide receiver uh, behind Adam Thielen and Devontae Adams. Preseason rankings, ESPN had him at 14. So that yeah, is a major jump in terms of position. And this is a high leverage jump, too. Exactly. It's not like going from 50 to 30. It's like this is this is breaking into that super elite territory it's, where yeah, like exactly. you're putting him out there. He's matchup proof. It doesn't matter who he's going up against. You're putting him out there. Yeah, that's it. I'll say uh, in preseason rankings – Run, uh, wide receivers that are all ranked above him, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, Larry Fitzgerald. So, you know, those are some guys that <laughs> not even That's in the crazy. conversation anymore. Yeah, and another guy that we just mentioned there, Thielen, he's he's number two that I was thinking on my list as well. I mean, he's uh, in our scoring system, he's wide receiver number two. And he's another guy that no one would have even put him in the top ten coming into this year. But he has just had an unbelievable start. I think, what was it, nine games or eight games in a row, over 100 yards. Yeah. He's gotten touchdowns. He's gotten receptions. He's just been so valuable for whoever was lucky enough to draft him. And in, in our league, my brother kept him as a, what was it, seventh or eighth-round keeper or something yeah. like that. And Bastard. That's one of the best decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's the best decision he made and probably uh, the worst decision man. you made. Imagine, because I, I kept Deshaun Watson instead. Imagine if my team, because I have Pat Mahomes as my quarterback, so it's not like I'm using Deshaun Watson at all. Imagine if I had Adam Thielen added to the group. Ugh. Oh, boy. Imagine if I didn't take Le'Veon Bell number one overall. Let's all play the what-ifs game here, Nick. I know, right? I probably wouldn't have drafted at all the same way if I hadn't kept Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so I have some, some breaking news. Um, Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie shoots cornhole overhand. Yeah, that was one of the more <laughs> ridiculous things I've ever seen. <laughs> 
Is he learning to shoot from faults? I, I don't know, but this just I, I sent that message in the group chat, and I was like, if you guys haven't seen uh, the Eagles Instagram story, it appears that Jeffrey Lurie has never played cornhole in his life before. <laughs> Shoots I like how everybody's like taking a picture. Nobody seemed to want to help him. <laughs> like, right. Hey, hey, you're, just, you're supposed to be underhand, man. Uh, all right, back to the list. Yeah, really. Um, another jumps. We're we're starting with the players who jump first. By the way, we're we're gonna go with yes. the fall off well, players. Positive maybe. first, negative second. Mm-hmm. Um, another wide receiver, Juju. Juju, which is actually <laughs> catch lock. Juju. Yeah, yeah, for some reason Juju's in all capital letters in this page. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know it, why. I just thought the U's are capital as well. Maybe they're not. I find it really interesting that the number two wide receiver on a team that has arguably the best wide receiver in the league has jumped up to a point where he also is a top ten receiver. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, I think the Packers did it a few years ago with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. Um, Demary's Thomas Emmanuel Sanders. Demary, yeah. Like, it it does happen Mm. occasionally. But this is, yeah, this is one of those rare occasions where the Pittsburgh offense, it runs through three guys and three guys alone. There is no wide receiver three. The tight end does not exist over there. There's just James Conner. James McDonald is okay. Uh, they're they're not used a whole lot. Like Vance McDonald and Jesse James, they're not they're not super consistent in their games where they're they three four catches. catches. I would be careful what you say. Yeah. Don. Have you seen him catches. stiff arm before? I'd be careful <laughs> what you say. He's gonna reach through. But I mean, it, the, the majority of the Pittsburgh offense runs through three guys: it's James Conner, Juju, and Antonio Brown. So it's it is one of those scenarios. And Ben is a court, capable enough guy that he can get his guys the, the ball enough. So I think, yeah, this is one of those rare situations where I don't think people saw Juju making this much of a jump because I think even last year when you looked at him coming out of his rookie season, he really only came on like the last four or five or six games. So it wasn't even a full season of yeah. him be, like, having that, like, showing that potential last year. So I think this jump I don't think a lot of people saw coming at all. Yeah. Um uh, just another couple other notable ones that we don't have on the list here that I wanted to mention. Uh, Robert Woods is the 13th ranked wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, that was well, the one that the one that's not on the list, and he got hurt. Uh, Cooper Cup before he got hurt. Yeah. Let's see where these these uh these Rams wideouts. So Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are definitely going to be the two that I would call out. Robert Woods was at 27. Cooper Cup was nowhere to be found. <laughs> oh, here he is, thirty-eight. Cooper Cup was the thirty-eighth preseason ranked uh, wide receiver. Uh, let's see. Yeah, even even considering the injury, I think he will still finish above thirty-eight. Oh, significantly. Yeah, right now. Right now, with all the games he's, he's missed, that he's at twenty-nine. Yeah, he's at twenty-nine, yeah. and he hasn't played so assuming since he drops, week eleven. So, so yeah, even assuming he drops eight more spots in the next five weeks, four weeks. He was weeks, hurt I think. week seven yeah, he and eight that. too. He hasn't. Yeah. He's missed five weeks so far, and and is still twenty eight. Even Brandon That's Cooks. Impressive. Even Brandon Cooks has done better than his preseason rank. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is sixteenth uh, ranked wide receiver right now, and he was preseason ranked twenty four. So they're. <laughs> Big jumps all across the board in the wide receiver. Jared Goff, too. I think the only one performing well, his draft the, spot is is Todd Gurley. That's what it all comes down to is that quarterback. You know? Yeah, true. True. Um, and then I just wanted to also mention, honorable mention, Tyler Boyd jumped up big. Yeah, even with AJ for Green sure. healthy. 
He yeah, he was almost count. non-existent in the beginning of the season on on the rankings. I don't People think he thought John Ross might be better than him. Yeah, I would I would doubt Tyler Boyd was drafted in any leagues. And then Tyler Lockett, he's the only other one I wanted to say. He definitely he's been existent or he's existed on the Seattle offense for many years now, but he's jumped up this year to definitely be probably the top target. Doug Baldwin. I mean, he took yeah, back. he took Doug Baldwin's absence as an opportunity, and he definitely ran with it. Yeah. All right, moving on to, I guess you got quarterbacks next? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. Uh, I think the first one that, I mean, obviously, uh, disregarding the Mahomes, Goff, I mean, those are so obvious as, yeah. as these meteoric leaps. Um, I think you have to look at Matt Ryan because he's coming in at number five right now for quarterbacks, in our scoring at least, which I think is pretty consistent with most scorings. And uh, I think he way outperformed what anyone thought given what he did last year. And so that's so the 2016, yeah. yeah, 2016 was his MVP year, and he just balled out. I think he finished as the quarterback number one or something like that. He won the MVP. He had all these touchdowns. Julio had a great old time. It was, it was great all around. They went to the Super Bowl. They blew a 28-3 lead. That's no, neither here nor there. But, and they shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. But last year they did so bad that I think his – and I was one of the – poor souls who drafted him last year and, and stuck with him pretty much way more than I should have last year. But anyway, he was so bad last year, they just way underperformed after they lost Kyle Shanahan to San Francisco that this year, everyone was completely out on him. They were like, no Matt Ryan, it's just going to be with the same thing as last year, Kyle Shanahan's gone, the offense is going to be the same, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I don't think he was drafted at all, but he's a quarterback number five right now, and he's doing really great. He's not throwing any interceptions. He hasn't had many like dud games. Like I think last year he had more than a few single-digit games, and I wouldn't. I would say he has had very few of them this year. Um, but yeah, he's he's done really well. I mean, looking at <laughs> sure enough, I look at his his scoring, and he had a 7.4 game this past week. But other than that, he's been great. So I think Matt Ryan is a good example of a guy who outperformed his draft status there. Yeah, I okay. think while his draft status was pretty like uh, negatively impacted by the season that they had in the previous year. And mm. I think that they really weren't what that season was. Now, you guys are talking about that season. The team is not having a good season this year, either. Right. Matt yeah, Ryan is playing well, and he's good he's, at, he's a having a good standpoint. Yeah. The Falcons are 4-8. and eight. The team has not turned around, and... I mean... I think when you look at it, it's the turnovers. Like, last year... I mean, I'm not looking at his stat sheet right now of, of last year, but I feel like there were more than a few games where he had two or three or even four interceptions and maybe a fumble or something. And and looking at this year, he has had exactly one game with two turnovers. So that's a huge turnaround from his standpoint of not turning the ball over, keeping his team on the field. Julio is, I think, leading the NFL in yards receiving, even though he's afraid of the end zone for some reason. Mm. Yeah, he's still struggling. Um, notable mention... Truth Bisky. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, true. I think some people were high on him, but yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely outperformed his draft status. He's he's only one free you know why he's up there? You know why? Trey Burton. Yeah, uh, I would have argued against that. Points? Nope, the guy that threw the Philly special. <laughs> just, just saying. Also put up a goose egg. Just but, he, but he threw the Philly special. <laughs> <laughs> he will always have that. Uh, yeah, forever. Who hasn't thrown the Philly special yeah. at this point? Tom Brady. I was actually getting upset Tom about Brady that because the Philly special. 
in a non-fantasy-related note, I was getting upset about that because every time you see a reverse pass now where a wide receiver or tight end or running back is throwing the ball, every ESPN or NBC or whoever commentator wants to go, oh, they're running the Philly special here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm it. like, no, I hate it because it's like, no, that get is not a Philly here. special. Not Stop every reverse it. pass is a Philly special. Every not reverse pass everyone is a Philly special. is the same thing. Every single one is a Philly special. I take it as just like they're generalizing it, and it's like, Good. oh, I see a reverse pass. Let's call Good. it the Philly special. Nick Foles is an entrepreneur. <laughs> you want Philly, Philly? That. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Hey, Nick, you want Philly Philly? No comment. All right, moving forward, um, let's let's start pushing through these things. Um, All right, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. He was, I guess, quarterback number seven he got. He was preseason ranked seven, so he kind of went right where he was ranked. I think his preseason rank was a little bit high compared to what yeah, I that's, thought Yeah, I think that's be. more of what I was thinking for that one is he was coming off also a down year last year where he didn't play and, and everyone was concerned about play. the shoulder. He was injured. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone was con- concerned about the shoulder and how that would hold up during yeah. the season. And I think he's way outperformed any yeah. expectations for this year. I agree. I think their offense is definitely in the past about five, six weeks really put it together. And uh, minus that Jacksonville game, which by yeah, the way, oh, what yeah, the hell? Yeah, for sure. What that is hell? so weird. Jacksonville's like not a great defense this year. What the hell he happened? He was on a streak. He was on a streak of like, uh, let me look up the exact number. He was on a streak of one, two, three, four, five, six, six seven, or eight. Eight straight games with three or more passing touchdowns. <laughs> and then he throws up zero. Hunky, I knew exactly what you did there, and I was just pushing through. <laughs> mm. Didn't help that he was only counting like, between zero and ten, One, so two, three, four, five, <laughs> sixers. <laughs> oh god, can that be the outro song for this podcast? <laughs> I just I want. If we we might have. Some I just want Mark Zumoff saying yes over and over and over again, or just any zooisms at the end, like turning garbage into gold here, trying to get a two for one, and they rise here at the Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I just want all the zooisms. Mm. Anyway, back to uh, coming in for a landing here. Yeah. Running backs. Oh, yeah. That's right. up. Um, yeah, I think the first one when you look at running backs is Christian McCaffrey. Like the guys ahead of him, um, I believe it's Todd Gurley and maybe like Alvin Kamara or something, or Saquon Barkley. Both so those guys good. were drafted in the top five. I'd so, say he's similar to Tyreek Hill in the comparison where like he, he went into the season and everybody thought he was going to be good. But yeah. he jumped to the elite status. This but he's year. great. Yes, yeah, like he came in as a as a late second round pick, maybe early third, depending on your draft, and and he yeah he's he's a stud. I think what really helps him is that Carolina really doesn't have a go to wide receiver, and Greg Olson has been hurt. Yeah, so true. I think it really helps him because he is other than Cam, he really is the offense. I mean, are you really gonna trust Devin Funches that much? You no. know he. He's the guy. I, I I think that really helped his production. Yeah. I yeah. Think the crazy that, thing is, we like th- that's one of those things that always makes you kick yourself when you're looking back on your fantasy season. It's like we knew that going into season. I don't think anyone predicted DJ Moore or Devin Funches to have these big rises in in their production. And Greg Olson is what Greg mm-hmm. Olson is, and, and I, obviously you can't predict the injuries. Yeah, but 
we all knew that that was the situation, and that's exactly what happened. But yeah. Christian McCaffrey just blew up, and he is amazing. Uh, another one you got mentioned here, Melvin Gordon, slight jump. He started the season at uh, rank yeah. 10, so that was a little bit lower compared to how well he's been. Um, and Obviously, he's dealt with a couple injuries here and there. He hasn't jumped that high. I mean, but, yeah, up to 7, I'd say that's that's pretty – Yeah, I think jump. it's still a jump. Like, I, I think he – it's more of looking at, like, where would you draft these guys now? And yeah. Coming into the season, he was uh, he was exactly like McCaffrey. He was a a second, you know, early third round pick maybe, and people were concerned about him for some reason. I don't really know. And uh, but yeah, if you take out those two games he missed, he's probably in the top five right there. Who are you drafting first next year, Melvin Gordon or Christian McCaffrey? I'd probably take McCaffrey. Yeah, I think he can. He can, he just has so much work in that passing game, and he has such a rapport with Cam. And I think he's honestly just more durable, too, because Melvin Gordon, I believe he missed a little bit of time last year as well. I like Melvin Gordon. I like the usage that he gets out in, in I almost said San Diego. I stopped myself there. Like Like more than a few commentators. He gets in in McCaffrey or Camara? Camara. Definitely Camara. Yeah, I'd probably go Camara. I think uh, Mark Ingram is a little bit on the outs there. Not on the outs, but I think he's declining just a little bit. Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley? I had this argument with some people oh, the other man. day. Oh, man. That's a tough cool. one. I had this argument with some people the other day. Now, probably go, uh, I'd probably go Saquon. I go Todd Gurley on that. and, and I, I said really, Todd Gurley. I really like Saquon. I really, I, I, you know, great player, phenomenal fantasy running back. I don't trust the Giants to not do the same thing that they did against the Eagles and all of a sudden stop using them in the second half. I, I, I truly, I, it's the game planning. I don't trust the game planning from the Giants coaching staff. I would much rather have Gurley because the Rams aren't stupid enough to stop using him. I, like I think, Gurley I, I, I kind of think right. that McVay might get to that point where the Colts were at a few years ago, where... They might be so good and so far ahead of their division, and they might be beating teams so much that he might say, or I guess the more appropriate description would be the Spurs, where Greg Popovich would sit um, Tim Duncan, just have, give him rest days, or maybe play him a half. Because Gurley is so important to that team, and he's so talented. At a certain point, like if you're beating teams so bad, and if you're, on, if you're winning so many games or whatever, why risk getting him injured when you you know you're going to win the division anyway and you might get the one seed or something like that? So I worry about that for Gurley, not the talent. I think the talent Gurley has him, but I worry about McVeigh being smarter about how he uses him and maybe conserving his body and, and maybe lessening the blows to conserve him for the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like I was saying before, I just like the touchdown rate. I think he's going to get an equal number of all-purpose yards as Saquon. Saquon might get a few more in the passing game. Um, but I just, I think Gurley gets more touchdowns. Yeah. All right. James White is the next one that we have listed here, and he definitely jumped. He preseason mm-hmm. was ranked the 39th wow. running back. I had him. I, I was unfortunately... Put in the position of having to start him many times last year, and he did not perform last year. He was hit or miss last year. Yeah. This year he's been consistent. It's crazy. You know how I feel about Patriots running backs. They've shown more consistency this year with their play calling. It's been Michelle and James White both split. They They haven't had a third running back that they've put in. 
and they're giving both of their running backs good lucks. Um, yeah, they're being consistent, which is more than they can say for the past few years. And part of that is, I feel like, because they aren't relying on Tom Brady to pass the ball as much. Um, you didn't have him on your, your fall list, Jason, but I was going to mention him in the players who have fallen from preseason ranks, Tom, uh, Tom Brady. No, he's in there. Is he? Oh, I didn't see his name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but no, I, I totally agree. But yeah, no, so in, in the same sense... You guys remember when Tom Brady lost to a backup quarterback in the Super Bowl? Yeah, um, but in I the same remember sense... That. He, Tell me more. When the passing game drops in New England, they're still a good team. They have, what, nine wins at this point? Eight wins, maybe? Yeah, nine wins? Nine. But they're still a good team. They're going to perform, and they're putting that more in the running game. And whether that's Sonny Michelle on the ground or James White right two yards off the line of scrimmage, you know, their, their running backs are getting much more involved this year. Regularly, very true. So yeah, a huge jump absolutely. from thirty-nine to now eight. Huge jump for James White, and it's uh, been consistent too. That's the main thing. It's not yeah. like it's, you know, Jared Cook. I think has benefited from like three games this year, where he's like had he's had like three twenty-five plus point games, and then like nothing the rest of the year. But James White has been consistent the whole way. Yeah. All right. Next, you have listed the best tight end in the National Football League, Zach Ertz. I might agree with you there. Um, honestly, and I and I I am biased, so I'm going to say that regardless. But looking at it completely unbiased, you are you are seriously seeing a historic year from Zach Ertz. Oh yeah, he's the already going to eclipse the. It, but he it is a historic year for Zach Ertz. Yeah, the tight end reception record is his. Um, and I think when you look at, like, Travis Kelsey, yes, he's having a phenomenal year as well. But he was also drafted as the tight end number two. So, like, going from two to now one, like, yes, it's more. And I think he he goes from, like, a third-round pick to a first-round pick maybe or something like that. But, yeah, Zuckerberg, he goes from a fourth or fifth or maybe even sixth-round pick in most drafts to an easy first-round pick now. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you're right. He's he's really had the catches. They've it's been unbelievable how much they've gone to him this year, and just like yeah, in him and Wentz game. are just the closest of pals. And it's one of those things. It's it's not. It, they are giving him all the looks, but he's reeling it in. Like for example, uh, the other night against Washington, he had ten targets and he caught nine of them. It's you know? crazy. It's it's he's getting he's getting touchdowns. He's, he's, he's getting targets. He's getting catches. He's breaking tackles, getting yards. He's just doing everything. He broke the Eagles' single-season reception record, um, which was held by Brian Westbrook, believe it or not. It wasn't even held by a wide receiver. It was held by Brian Westbrook. Uh, Broke the Eagles' single-season reception record on Monday night. Um, Just absolutely incredible numbers that Ertz is putting up this year. And, and yeah, um, owned in 99.9% of leagues. (laughs) Um, Only He is the second ranked tight end I I think to Kelsey right Kelsey's number one For scoring tight ends go Yeah I think Kelsey's got the yards and the touchdowns So he's got a slight advantage Right Ertz is is only looking at What uh, One two three five Seven touchdowns on the season But only seven Only seven (laughs) Yeah what a schmuck (laughs) Yeah, Kelsey's had three two touchdown games this year. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, he's he's pretty damn good. Yeah, um, but this is one of those like just incremental rises that 
you know, based on the draft position. Like, obviously, you could say George Kittle had a bigger rise because he's, what is he, like fourth now, and he was undrafted in pretty much every single league. And Ebron had a so obviously, jump too. Yeah, and Ebron as well, and Jared Cook. But, like, Ertz was the biggest one of, like, a, like yeah, you could have seen him taking a leap, but not this much of a leap. Like, I'd say tight you could ends. see him getting better, but not this bit, not, not this much. Preseason tight ends three through seven, it looks like, all got hurt. Um, that's Greg Olson at number four, and then in order after that, Delaney Walker, Evan Ingram, and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle. I'm just keeping on going down the list from the preseason. I mean, rankings. yeah, Jimmy Graham, like, you could – that's just been a dis- – and Jordan Reed as well. That's just, like, a disappointing season. That, Surprisingly, Jordan I mean, they Reed's weren't even injured healthy. all that much. Yeah, they've, they've both been healthy. I think outside of Jimmy Graham fracturing his thumb, I think both of them have been healthy the majority of the season. They just haven't been used much in their offenses. They haven't produced what people thought they would. Um, I think Jimmy Graham was tough coming into this season because he was coming to a new team, and people just thought, like, oh, Rodgers is the best quarterback. He'll make Jimmy Graham back into what he was with New Orleans, but I don't think that version of Jimmy Graham exists anymore. Yeah. But, I, don't I mean, know. that's. I never trusted the tight ends in Green Bay since, like, Mark yeah. Bennett. Or... Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've just been all over the place. Even Jermichael Finley was probably the best example of a fantasy-relevant tight end over him, there. I didn't really and even trust he had his he had his fumble issues, he had his drop issues. So he was athletic and he could catch it, but he wasn't a perfect. Who's your tight end you know, back in the days of Amon Green? It was Bubba Franks, man. Bubba, Bubba Franks. Franks. That's the one he that was, I trust. He was just a tank. He <laughs> was an old school tight trust. end, man. I'll he, tell you what. He, he uh, was in the days of the old school tight ends ending injury at the where they caught 42 passes, and that was it. Of course, it. you know that. Of course. <laughs> Brian Dawkins yeah. lit his ass up. Bubba he Franks, man. You had Amon Green. You had Javon Walker. Donald was Driver was still kicking back in those days. I mean, they had, a, they had good teams. It's a fact. Um, Austin Hooper, another honorable mention for a tight end jump. Uh, yeah, true. Again, true. though, I'd say other than Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, Kittle's been consistent, but still not putting up huge numbers. Ebron, He's consistent, but unspectacular. Ebron, but he won't Cook, kill you. and Hooper, all of them have had terrible weeks scattered throughout the season. So yeah. that's that's kind of got me a little turned off the t- uh, tight ends altogether. Kelsey and Ertz, if you don't have one of those two on your team, then you don't have one of the top tight ends, period. Yeah. What's the ghost barking about? <laughs> Can you hear that, Jason? I do. <laughs> oh my god, that's like upstairs. How is that? <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Uh, and I guess this is a good good point to move on to our fallers from yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, the draft uh, here. Start trying to. And we can start off, you know. Followers. Start off with one of my personal favorites, my uh, man crush in the NFL, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. It's just been a, a weird offensive season. Yeah, well, it's it's just been a weird offensive season for the Packers, and I think Devontae Adams just. He's like a – I don't want to say Larry Fitzgerald because Larry Fitzgerald was dealing with some poo quarterbacks over in Arizona. But Devontae Adams has produced really consistency on a week – really consistently on a week-to-week basis, even with kind of inconsistent offensive performance as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so Rodgers has put up some kind of weird numbers where he'll have a really good game and he might have a really bad game. And, and the running game has come on recently, but Rodgers just still – from a fantasy perspective and from an actual football winning perspective, just has not looked like himself this year. So he's he's got to be one of the bigger disappointments, along with someone we mentioned earlier, Tom Brady, who 
both of these guys were drafted probably in the top four or five rounds in most drafts, I would say, and and each of them are finishing in QB nine and fourteen. So definitely not where you thought they would be. Yeah, I've had um, in one of my leagues, I have Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, and I've been literally like killing myself every single week trying to figure out if I want to actually man up and put Andrew Luck in over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I did it last past, week for the first time. Rodgers is a in years past, Rodgers was just a no-brainer. Just, yeah, put him in there. It doesn't matter who he's going against. He's the guy. And then this year, he's just... He's not. It's Yeah, he's just not. I, I kind of want to blame it on Mike McCarthy just being a really stale play caller. And, and I'm kind of glad that they let him go. I don't think they should have done it midseason, but, because we were already out of it anyway. So I, don't, I think they could have waited till the end of the season. But, yeah, I think it was really clearly time that Mike McCarthy was done. I think he'll always have that Super Bowl and... Green Bay will always love him for that, but it was he was done. It was it's the, just been way too long. I one think, of the things that always gets people um, is that Rodgers is probably one of the quarterbacks he would have reached for in the draft. Yeah, there's about yeah three he was probably a third round reach. There's about three or four quarterbacks that you start reaching for in, in starting in the third round, and Rodgers was definitely one of them. You also got Cam, Tom Brady, probably at that point. Um, so in the league where I have Rodgers. It's a 12-man league. I also have Todd Gurley. So I took Rodgers with my third pick at the turn, where you get your two picks. Obviously, at Todd Gurley, you have like one of the first picks, so you don't have another pick again until the end of the second round. So I took Rodgers with my third-round pick. So that was a huge reach in a 12-man league. Luckily, I took Adam Thielen right before him with, together, so Gurley-Thielen was a good combo for me all year. But still... I was quite disappointed with him. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. I, mean, I got lucky and got through, but for my quarterback, drafting him that high in a 12-man league, I was extremely disappointed with how he performed this season. Yeah, and the, the thing that nobody expected was he put up a couple duds, too. Like, there were a couple just, like, where did that come from? Not, like, a, 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 a I guess what you would call, like, a sub-replacement level kind of start from him like let me see some of the examples Never like the even interview week 12 against minnesota 11 points killers. not high on painkillers <laughs> yeah quote, quote, what, unquote. what was the problem <laughs> my leg <laughs> <laughs> my leg my, my leg, leg broke <laughs> running with a broke leg um but yeah he uh it's just been very not great so far it's, it's the worst though with a player like that because you have to start him. It's so yeah, hard you just, for you not to start a player. The like worst that. thing in the world is to have them on your bench when he goes for a thirty-five point game, and yeah. you're like, "Shit, I should have known." <laughs> Why didn't I start him? That's <laughs> yeah. What <you're> saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, another drop. Um, I was going to say another one of our favorite quarterbacks from where their preseason rankings were. You know who I'm talking about. Don't don't do it. <laughs> you didn't know who I was talking about at first. <laughs> Go ahead, Hungy. Let's hear. All right, it. his efficiency is still Carson solid. Wentz. His fantasy hasn't been great, but his efficiency is That's still true, solid. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Carson I did, Wentz. I did think about that one. Was the number four preseason ranked quarterback. Um, he's currently sitting at number tied for eighteenth. Not yeah. I think in that category too is Deshaun Watson. He's at sixteen. 
He's at six. Both of these guys in coming off injuries. And, perception league? I don't it's, know how that yeah. is different. He's at, he's at 16. And I think he what really kills miss, him is the New Orleans game. Okay, and the fact that he didn't play the first two weeks. Yeah. You guys are jumping on that. He, there were two weeks where he didn't put any numbers up, and in a quarterback position, that could be 40 to 50 points that yeah. he's behind. Not the only quarterback on this list, though, that's missed games. I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> just just okay. admit he's not the number four quarterback like he was preseason ranked. Piss off. <laughs> yeah, I it's think Deshaun so Watson get, falls into take that bias as well. Out of his his uh, Look at his numbers. It's so hard. It's a quarterback. Has, of course, he's going to have like twenty point performances. No, his yardage. He has had one game, one game below two hundred yards passing. One. That turnover rate is what scares me the most. He's turning over the ball a lot. He's not turning over the ball that much. Just a fumble doesn't mean you're turning the ball over. You can still fall on a fumble. <laughs> yeah, but if it's recorded on there, then it did go to the other team. Yeah, but I would argue like sometimes fumbles aren't necessarily their fault. Like Maybe they're hit from a blind side and the defender just gets a hand in and pokes it out or something. So... I think a fumble isn't as indicative as an interception, but what then about again, Dak Prescott, who has an interceptions also fumble. aren't super indicative because maybe you have a tip pass interception, and that happens quite frequently sometimes. But um, yeah, it, it is a, it is a struggle. I mean, I think the Eagles' offense as a whole kind of took a hit when uh, Frank Reich left. I think he was a bigger part than most people thought um, coming into the season. Yeah. Um. I will say, uh, somebody just going back who outdid their preseason rankings, Blake Bortles. I just, I just want to point out. He, uh, Carson, he's, Carson he's now Wentz, at twenty three. Carson Wentz has eighteen touchdowns to seven interceptions. So <laughs> I, ju- I just want to point that out. You, you talk about turnovers. I, I count the fumbles like Jason said. He's getting hit. He's not just straight up dropping the ball. And he's got eighteen. Yeah, touchdowns I would, I would to, say a fumble he, is more on the offensive line. Than he's anything. got, he's got eighteen touchdowns to seven interceptions. So. Huggy, we're not talking about football. We're talking about fantasy football right now. I just you and the bottom line is he's number ranked. He's the 18th ranked quarterback. Okay, in a 10 man league, you're you ba- that's out, barely even roster. You take out the two games that he was hurt and the New Orleans game, and he's not the the 16th ranked quarterback is what he's listed here. That's true. That's you true. you take New Orleans away and you forget about the two games that he was injured for, and he's. At least, at least top 12. So we'll say, what is it, 30 points? We'll say, we'll give him at least 15, we'll give him 15 points per game, the two games he was out. Okay, so add 30 points to that. 190. He's in Dak Prescott territory. Not great, Hungy. Dak sucks. He was number four preseason ranked. Do you know what kind of, what kind of expectations you have from a quarterback like that? Give him 15 points. He hasn't... He's oh had... Oh, my God, Hungy. We're talking about compared to their preseason ranks right now. He's had three games below oh 15 Let's move on. Yeah, I, I think... I, do this I don't think you can... Three games below 15 points. You just can't put him ahead of, like, Luck, Goff, Ryan, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Newton, Let's move Mahomes, to wide receivers. Rivers. Oh, you just can't put him ahead of them. quarterback in the history of the league. 
<laughs> and he's, he's Ginger Jesus, and he's he's, he's he gonna bring us another title Bowl. again. He didn't even win you the Super Bowl. He took us there. Yeah, he Foles. took us there. Nick Foles got you there. He got you the one seed. Peterson won us the Super Bowl. Mm. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers who have fallen from their ranks. Need a little bit of cool down right here. Well, it's gonna heat back up in a second. <laughs> Demarius Thomas is the first one that we have on our list. Now, now I'm already heated because it's on my <laughs> team. And I'm heated because the next one's on the Eagles. Mm. And I think both of these are pretty objectively fall off. I don't think you can argue that they're extenuating circumstances or something. I think yeah, Demarius I'm, Thomas I'm, I just... I am not happy with Demarius Thomas. Maybe it's just the quarterback. Maybe it's, you know, the... I don't know what it is, but he's just not the same as he was last year. I thought he was coming back after the Tennessee game where he scored two touchdowns on 38 yeah. yards, but... And it's totally unreasonable to expect 2013 Demarius Thomas when he was getting touchdowns all the time from Peyton Manning. I mean, that's just super unreasonable, but... I think even from last year or the year before, but this is just nothing compared to those two years. So has, I, don't, I don't know what happened. He has one game where he has more than five catches, and it yeah. was week one and he had six catches. It's not what you want to see out of a fourth-round pick. Um, the guy who's probably supposed to be your wide receiver number one or two he hasn't in, on most had teams. more than four catches since week seven. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a wide receiver four at best on most he teams. He has and one just... game over 100 yards. He has five total touchdowns on the season. Yeah. And it's not even like the change of scenery has helped him a whole lot either. I don't think he's jumping into that uh, Will Fuller role. Yeah. Just yeah, for this one, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot to say. He just, I don't think there are any reasons or anything that happened. He just... Maybe he's just getting older. Maybe it's the offense changing. Maybe it's the team changing. Who knows? They're just he just is not. He's, he's too yeah. old at this point. He's You're out of his old. prime. I think he's been he's hanging on. He's been hanging yeah, on the past true. few seasons. I, I mean, what year been... was that Tim Tebow overtime win against Pittsburgh? That was like his rookie year or second hey, year or something. Super that was a while ago. After that, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was like the end of his prime is when he. But was I'm saying that him. the the Tim Tebow year was like his first year or something, and that was a long time ago. It was what twenty. 2012, 2013? So you're saying uh, like 20 was... years ago, 24 years <laughs> Yes, it was 20 years ago. Tim Tebow was 40. Yeah, but no, I think it, he might just be older. It might be the offense, the quarterback, who knows. But, yeah, he definitely is an example of someone who fell from where they were drafted preseason. Uh, another one we got here, uh, Larry Legend. Skipping out. Yeah, from. that's right. Uh, I mean, we'll get to him too. But oh, yeah, yeah. I was looking at our list. And you're trying to give you a breather. Larry. I did forget to put Larry Legend in here. He was Larry drafted Legend. in our league as the wide receiver 11. Yeah. And I, I, you know. He's sitting at wide receiver 33 right now. Yeah, not great. And this is after a few good weeks the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people saw this coming too. With yeah. a rookie quarterback, a bad offense, a terrible offensive line. Well, it wasn't a rookie quarterback. It was Bradford. But Bradford got start. hurt again. But I don't think he inspires much confidence Brad- either. No. Bradford was making Josh Rosen Larry, Larry has been <laughs> yeah. catching more and more passes underneath as he's been getting older, and Bradford can't throw the ball more than 10 yards, so it would have worked out very well for him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't Honestly, think, I don't think, Bradford, I don't think Bradford's eyesight is good enough to look beyond 10 yards. I, I, I think it <laughs> stops 10 yards down the field. If he is more than 10 yards, he doesn't exist. It did baffle me when the Eagles would be in like a third and eight, and he would throw it 
to the line of scrimmage or like four yards past. And it's like, dude, do you see where the first down markers are? No, he's blind. He's completely <laughs> blind. He is programmed to throw it less than ten yards down the field at all times. I'm going to say, I was kind of surprised. I thought Larry might have a good year this year going into the year just because they didn't have John Brown anymore nor Jerron Brown, the two J Browns. They didn't have either of them anymore. And Christian Mm -hmm. Kirk kind of stepped up a little bit, but uh, preseason nobody had no idea who he is. So it's just like Larry Fitzgerald was really the only option there other than David Johnson. So I thought he was going to do better. He really has been catching more passes underneath, and that plays right into Bradford's only strength. Well, Bradford didn't last long. I feel like my my only point that I think I made on this podcast before the season was like, like you saw the preseason rankings and everyone had Larry in like the you know thirteen to fifteen wide receiver range and and I was looking at that like oh man I don't know but but it's Larry like he's proven us wrong so many <laughs> That's times. That's what I like, said. But it's Larry. He's produced with such bad quarterbacks so like. Like, the, the circumstances are stacked against him, and he doesn't have the matchup, and he doesn't have the quarterback, and he doesn't have the team, and he doesn't have the offensive line, and, and all signs are pointing to him having a down year. But 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 it's Larry. Like, exactly. like that was just the only reason that I could see him having a good year, and I guess the, I don't think the we circumstances can, finally did catch up to him. I don't think we can use that argument anymore, Jason. Yeah, but it's I, think, I think that the, last year was the last time that, like, yeah. the – it's it's just Larry, you know, with the Andre Johnson. I want him to play forever. Produce, yeah, like they'll produce. Larry and Andre are the perfect examples of this. Like they produce, no matter how bad the team, quarterback, offense, no matter how bad any of that is, they still produce. But I think that I think that's over for Larry. I want Larry Legend to play forever. I was looking yeah, on Twitter earlier tonight, and somebody tweeted, "I will give a hundred dollars to anybody that honestly tells me they don't like Larry Fitzgerald." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, tell, tell me one quality about him that you dislike. <laughs> just yeah, one. Just the, one one like reason you do not like him. <laughs> honestly, and then all you have to do is just look at a picture of him smiling, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just." Kidding. Oh, what a nice guy! <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, I, I seriously though, there, I, there is. The day he retires is going to be a really sad day for the NFL because he really is just such a such a good person to have. Hate to, say, hate to be, be cliche, but stand up. He's a stand up guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um, a he's a Walter Payton Man of the Year recipient. He's a he's a what twelve year veteran now, fourteen year veteran, something like that. Um. Went to the Valley Forge Military Academy. Stayed with one team his entire career. Got to respect people who do that. Almost yeah, was traded true. to Philadelphia. Almost I was traded like to Philadelphia. I feel like him and Anquan Bolden were both almost traded. Right. Could you imagine? Yeah, we're going to be great. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of his hometown, too, so. I'm just saying, we could have had Larry Legend, and, and he would have been a legend here. He would have been. Can you imagine Carson anyway, to Larry Legend? Let's, let's move on, try and wrap this up. A uh, couple more guys that we got for Speaking you. Wide receivers, wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, where was he ranked preseason? Uh, 48. Nope, that's what he's ranked now. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, he's ranked 23. Wide receiver, 48 so, yeah, quite right the, now. Quite the drop so. here. Um, and I think everyone knew that he was going to be out for a little bit to start the year, but even right, including those absences, part of it. He yeah, missed like three weeks. Even including those absences, he's still been super underwhelming, which is well. The very Eagles surprising. have had a few underwhelming games, just in general, yeah. where that kind of like skews. The, I mean, he started off against Tennessee, part. eight catches, 105 yards, touchdown, and everyone thought, "Oh, there he is. There's old Alshon." And then uh, since then, he's had very inconsistent results and. 
since week eight, he has to add no more than seven fantasy points. So, been a bit of rough uh, sledding for him the past yeah. couple weeks. But, I mean, you never know. The Eagles' offense might be taking a turn. I think his production more directly relates to how well the offense as a whole has been doing, which has been less than stellar, I guess. So, uh, if the Eagles' offense starts to ramp up, then I think his production goes right along with it. Yeah. Uh, I think the only other wide receiver worth mentioning was – on the other side, we mentioned that Tyler Lockett has jumped, but on this side, I think you can... Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. He, obviously, he's dealt with injuries and all, but... Yeah, he's still I think both just, of his knees were injured at one point or another. At this point, he's saying that he's healthy and that he's fine now, and he's still just not putting up the numbers that he used to, so I think Doug Baldwin is getting set back a little bit. He might need a fresh start on a new team if, in order to be rejuvenated, but on Seattle, Tyler Lockett is the guy... David Moore now. Um, Baldwin doesn't have a 100-yard game yet. He Does he even have a 50-yard game? Yeah, he's got a 91-yard game in Week 6. He's got a 52-yard game in Week 11. And that's been the issue, too, is they're only targeting him in very short down 70, passes. Short yardage passes. Um, so. And I was a believer preseason on him, too, but uh, it's been a struggle, you know, so I've been watching every step of that struggle. Maybe Chris knew something when he dropped him. I guess so, but he gave me a few good weeks. And I didn't really start him that much either. I had other yeah. options. But anyway, uh, we'll move on. Uh, Coming in for a landing here. Yeah, running backs. Oh, yeah, off. Let's, yeah we got to hurry this up. Let's, uh, let's get the running backs in. Jordan Howard. Um... Really seems like the job is Tariq Cohen's for the taking. It's not really a surprise to me that he had a disappointing season just because I didn't really believe in him to begin with. (laughs) Jordan Howard. Remember when the Eagles held him to eight rushing yards last year? Last year? Yeah. Why are you talking about last year? Because we won the Super Bowl, Nick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think when you look at a guy that was drafted in the third round, I would say in almost every league, and he's running back 28 right now, is... That's not good. Yeah, I no, think uh, coming into the season, a lot of people thought, you know, Matt Nagy's coming in, the new creative offense, and they'll find a way to work him in. And I think a lot of people were drawing um, uh, Rams comparisons and to Todd Gurley, and obviously not to that extent. But some people were expecting, you know, some easy touchdowns, some goal line opportunities and that kind of thing. And, and it's just hasn't gone that way. And it's just been clearly Tariq Cohen uh, stealing the show there, which is – Good for him. He's a talented player. It just seemed like Jordan Howard would have had more opportunities, but hasn't played out that way, and he's had a very rough season so far. True. Uh, shady. Buffalo. Yeah, this is probably the biggest drop, I would think, of all the running backs. And it's a little surprising, backs. to be honest. Yeah, they, you would have really thought... don't have anybody else. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing coming into the season. It was like, well, what else are they going to do? Throw that, it to Kelvin Benjamin? That might have been the problem, though, as well. Yeah, that's true. But even the beginning of the season, you look at his game splits, and he had, like, no ru- – it was like they forgot they had him on the team. Like, they, they just weren't even using him at all at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, other disappointment for me personally, Mark Ingram. I know I had to sit on yeah. him for four weeks, and I was perfectly content with doing that. And I know he's had a couple good performances, but since he's been back, I, I only really remember two games that I was – getting 20-plus points out of him like I was kind of hoping for, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me personally, but I think he's been underwhelming compared to how I anticipated. And after his first week back, 
Uh, he had a big two-touchdown game, so he kind of gave you that that glimmer of hope that he was that number one running back that at least I thought he was. So, I don't know about you guys, but... Yeah, Mark Ingram is disappointed a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, You want to finish this up, get to the fireball hot take? Yeah. As always, Jason's going to take his shot of fireball and get his fire hot take. With a nice exhale in the middle. Uh, Sponsored by Fireball. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're still waiting on our free fireball. Unofficially. Unofficially, officially sponsored by Fireball. (laughs) Of course. Drink up. Um, Okay. (laughs) That was him looking down the bottle. (laughs) Not in a bottle. Um... I don't think this one is too complicated. I mean, it's. I, I think this is more of like a. I'll go with your fantasy MVP for the playoffs, um, and I guess my criteria is like, this is a guy who is not like your first round pick. He probably wasn't even drafted in most leagues, but it's someone who you picked up at some point along the season, who is just like a free bonus gift that will win you your fantasy football championship. That. Like, you already drafted a strong team, and, like, let's say you got Todd Gurley and you got, you know, like, George Kittle or some point along the way or, or something like that. You know, you, you ended up with a strong team just by drafting and whatever, trading. But this is a guy that you picked up, like, maybe in the past couple weeks that, like, has just come on and developed this huge role. and, and I got you say like the this, name. Yeah, like this bonus. <laughs> what is okay, it? So yeah, I need you. What are we waiting for here? <laughs> so you know exactly what, I, what this – I was explaining the scenario. Uh, Spencer Ware um, okay. oh, with the Chiefs. Yeah, because obviously you're stepping it's into that Kareem Hunt. Take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's it's a very no, it's not hot. I'm saying it's <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying it's it's just like a it's like the fantasy football MVP, I guess, of of the playoffs. Like okay, the guy so that you're saying that he's gonna do week. he's gonna do up to Kareem Hunt standards. It, maybe not up to Kareem Hunt standards, but it'll be like a free bonus for whoever was lucky enough to pick him up. Like like you're heading into there? the playoffs and you pick him up, and then he just like elevates your team already to even higher than what it was. Uh, so, so I think, slightly I think that's less it. than Kareem Hunt. Yeah, slightly less than Kareem Hunt, but <laughs> but probably to a team that didn't draft anyway. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, yeah. This is probably all right, we'll see. <laughs> we might have to eliminate this segment. <laughs> it's too late at this point, man. Season's almost over. Um, oh, man. Uh Regardless, we are so far over time at this point. Yeah, I hope if you stuck with us, good for you. Uh, you got I haven't this. stuck with us. I'm looking at my work <laughs> schedule for tomorrow while Jason's blabbering. <laughs> I was still just I was, was waiting for so long to hear doing. him actually say a player's name. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And... I was drawing the attention. I was I explaining the, the scenario. After. The guy I'm thinking of is a wide receiver... And he plays for the National Football League, and he's been doing pretty well this year. And he's not the number one guy on the team, but he's been doing really well. His name starts with He's getting a lot of targets. Hey, and he's making the most of himself. Good luck. And I'm sure you guys know. Good luck in the, the Hills of Ice Bowl. I'm trying to talk about is Trajusna Schuster. Good luck in the Hills of Ice Bowl. See, I'm going to win, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to win. I'm going to tell you why. My team is motivated. You look across is the board. Right? You look across the board at these waiver wire pickups that I've had to deal with. Uh, losing both my running backs to season-ending injuries very early in the season hurt. Um, but you look at my team, they're motivated. They know they're not the A-team. Okay, if I were... But they're ready to go. Cam Newton, he's ready. 
If I were to my team now, if I were to compare you to an NFL head coach, it would probably be Hugh Jackson. Cause oh, you, you no! You should have been fired a long time ago. No, you can't give me that. I don't know where you're coming up with the whole confidence. <laughs> you can't give me that. That's a terrible comparison. All right, um, I'm, I'm Mike McCarthy. Should have been fired. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's got a ring. Ah, so that's not a good comparison with you then. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm more like a... I, I'd say I'm more like a Rex Ryan. I, I see myself as a Rex Ryan. We've gotten close before. We've never gotten it done. Um, and you're usually not close. <laughs> but sometimes we're not even close. So I'm like a Rex Ryan. Alright, well, we'll leave it at that. I definitely won the league before we jumped on ESPN. I'm just... Were we ever not on ESPN? I don't remember a time where we weren't. Well, there was a time before this league was created because we had at least four or five years prior to. I feel like I've always been like ESPN or die. That's my only thing. Yeah, I vividly remember sitting in the library in high school playing on ESPN. I don't think ESPN really kept track like they do at a certain point. So, whatever it was before 2012, I definitely won at one point. I, I, Mm. I have a championship. Screenshots or it didn't happen. Okay, there are no screenshots. <laughs> what do you mean? They didn't have screenshots back in 2010? I'm sure there was a computer sh- a shortcut that you could screenshot. <sighs> Man. Anyway, we need to end this episode. It's, <laughs> yeah. You're going to hear me next week. I'm not going to be... You're not going to be hearing the neck of a bobbling man? No. You're not going to be hearing it. <laughs> if we have Pitbull, you have to bring it to the podcast. It'll be Yeah, great. you do. And we have to actually like play him. Well, Yeah, you have to play the sound effects. <laughs> we'll see, though. Yeah. Good luck. Regardless. Um, Aren't you going to wish me good luck in my first round bye? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not going to wish you good luck in your first round bye. <laughs> Because you are the team to beat, so why would I wish you good luck? I thought Pete was the team to beat. You both are the team to beat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eagles are in a playoff push. Look for them to destroy Dallas and Jerry World this week. Oh, uh, I don't know how I feel about that because it's not like I have any allegiance with the Giants. It's not like I care about for the Giants' sake who wins. So, I don't know. Screw the Cowboys. Maybe I'll root against them this week. Yeah! Welcome to the dark side. Notice how I just worded that root against them. Root against them, not root for yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. Um, we will be back same time next week uh, with a wrap-up of what is the first round of the playoffs for most people. Mm-hmm. Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? Yep. Let's do We're it. Talking it's about the most playoffs. wonderful time of the year. Not practice. All right, we will see you next week. Fantasy Process Report at PPR underscore official on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Take the Wonderlick. Take the Wonderlick test. (laughs) Uh, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Apple Podcasts. and uh, Look out for our sponsorship. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, but go ahead, look out for it. Yeah, we got a sponsorship, so anyway. Maybe they take the Wonderlick, too. Mm. Let us know what the Wonderlick scores are, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Go Birds, see ya! Good luck in the playoffs, everybody.